Welcome back to the world of investing. Today, I'm featuring another guest on the podcast, John Philbin, and he specializes in finance. So for this episode, we're going to be going over, I guess, current events. So to start, the looming recession in the United States. So economic experts, um, they're once again ringing the alarm bells over an imminent downturn. And they're saying that a U.S. recession is coming, most likely in the second half of 2023. And... Like many, many experts are saying this. Um, For example, the JP Morgan CEO, he warned recently um, of a great economic danger lurking over the horizon. Um, He also stated that he would take a mild recession happily. And this recession will possibly happen for two reasons, because of higher interest rates and tightening credit. And so I guess I'll turn it over to John Philbin to talk more about this. Thanks, Cole. Thanks for asking me to come on your podcast. Um, it is a it is an interesting topic and one that's discussed constantly in the finance financial news. So where where are we? Uh, where is the Fed specifically? And it's and it's uh, targeting inflation, trying to bring inflation down to two percent. And what are they going to do to the economy? Are they going to break it? How severe? severely uh, will they break it, if at all? So, yes, uh, they have, the Fed, uh, attacked inflation by raising interest rates quite dramatically. Uh, most dramatic, uh, I believe, in, in history of the U.S. economy and the Fed's role in managing inflation and employment. And so with that kind of dual mandate of managing inflation and, and you know, targeting f- full employment, um, those two things can often uh, not be <clears throat> in line. So right now with the Fed trying to bring inflation down, it's raising interest rates. And when they are looking at the data, uh, that comes in, they are still seeing that labor is is strong. Um, labor market has run hotter than than the Fed leaders uh, expected. U.S. employers added a solid 253,000 jobs last month. Um, unemployment fell back to a multi-decade low of 3.4%. And average hourly earnings rose 4.4% from April of last year. So the labor market is still hot. And uh, Fed chairman uh, has indicated that, you know, this is, this is a key data point. And wages uh, have gone up a, a lot. And that has contributed to uh, significant uh, inflation. So when people have more money, people earn more, they're going to be spending. And, you know, that's going to be putting uh, demand on, you know, a supply that is not uh, at equilibrium. And so you're going to have upward price pressures. And so they want to attack the labor market. They want people to actually lose jobs, uh, which is, you know, kind of unfortunate for those who are losing jobs. Um, but they're looking at the overall uh, longer-term benefit. They'd rather sacrifice uh, some 
jobs and have some increase in unemployment than have inflation get out of control, which they believe uh, would have more of a detriment on the economic health of our economy. Um, And also in referring back to the Federal Reserve, Congress also has power to, I guess, combat inflation. Um, Congress does a lot of spending and if they cut some of that, that would obviously reduce inflation. Also, um, with Congress's fiscal policy powers, it can go after the sources, like um, which cause rises, rising prices in the economy, for example, like housing or healthcare. Um, Congress could also make laws and policies making it easier to build homes, and that's another way of how they can reduce inflation. Yeah, fiscal policy, Cole, is, is, is very important and can, and can drive supply and demand. Uh, so, unfortunately, Washington uh, can take a little, little time in, in getting their house in order, so to speak. And, and really, you know, are they going to have you know, a direct or as immediate impact um, on the economy with their, you know, with their, their budgets and the laws that they're passing. In fact, right now we're, we're at a important crossroads. Um, as you, as you know, uh, Janet Yellen, uh, spoke after the market today and said, you know, reiterated, there's not much time left. Uh, we're going to run out of money. And if, if, if Congress does not increase the debt ceiling, so we need to pay the pay the bills and uh, ensure uh, or reinforce that you know the the, the U.S. Uh, debt is in fact risk free. Um, so that's that's a key and important uh, point to make is is that when Congress kind of plays with uh, this this important benchmark. Um, they risk uh, quite significant uh, and uh, disastrous outcome. Um, you know, we've paid our bills in the past. We've come to this situation before, and Congress has been able to 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 get it together uh, and increase the debt ceiling. And so we hope that that happens again. Um, if they don't, um, you know, the then you're going to have <laughs> you're going to have a risk free. Um, <clears throat> risk-free debt that becomes riskier. And so how does that impact the financial markets? Well, you can imagine that that would impact them quite dramatically. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, create volatility, uncertainty. Uh, as you know, a lot of modeling, financial modeling valuation is based on uh, the U.S. risk-free rate. And that's been... Uh, in all of finance determined to be the benchmark. So relative to the risk-free rate, you know, what are you buying? If you're buying a corporate bond, you're going to be, you know, paying additional premium uh, on top of the, of the, of the risk-free rate to quantify that additional risk that you're taking on. And so there's models that will be impacted, swap markets that will be impacted, uh, and, and clearly it's going to be, um, you know, uh, a problem if they can't increase the debt ceiling. Mm-hmm. And 
when going back and talking about the power that Congress actually has to curb inflation, it's important to recognize that they have actually done stuff, like you were talking about it briefly. Um, for example, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. That was a landmark United States federal law, which, like I said, aimed to curb inflation and specifically did so by reducing the deficit, lowering prescri- prescription drug prices, and um, investing into domestic energy production while also promoting clean energy. Yeah, that's 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 a great great point. They they Congress can can act uh, effectively, uh, but <clears throat> you know it's it's hard to to take the checkbook away so to speak and and have them um, you know reduce spending and programs that their constituents want, and so that's a difficult thing being a politician. And I I wouldn't uh, want to be in their shoes. Uh, that that's for for certain. Yeah, it's. Obviously, easier said than done. It's much more complex. It is. It is uh, very complex. Um, you know, even dealing with other issues like the the banking crisis. You know, they have a play in that. They can really, uh, with regulation and oversight, and, and encourage uh, you know appropriate um, you know management of the banking institutions and. Um, you know, we, we know that the credit crunch um, is a real thing when something happens to a bank, a bank defaults and lending tightens up as the banks want to shore up their balance sheets. That can be an impactful, um, I guess, item for the Fed to try to quantify and determine whether or not it will help them in achieving their goal of, of bringing down inflation by tightening the credit markets. So with tighter credit markets, you're gonna have less spending and less spending, you're gonna have less demand and prices should come down. So how much, how much will that impact uh, inflation? No one knows. Uh, the Fed's trying to figure that out. Data comes in, but it comes in slow. There's a lag, so you know they're they're still on point. They're still focused on inflation, and when they look at you know their models and their <clears throat> numerous uh, you know uh, indicators, they'll make the determination whether whether to to continue or not uh, on raising rates, and so that. I don't think is a real impact right now, uh, meaning on financial markets, meaning, you know, there's kind of an expectation, okay, yes, they're going to focus on inflation. I guess the real kind of question right now is what's going to happen to the economy? Is there really going to be a recession? How severe is that recession going to be? Uh, some people think that there might not be a recession at all. Um, and you know, it remains to be seen, and we will definitely find out in the near term. And currently, like for, for the listeners, we're not in a recession right now. And I think it's important to kind of explain why we aren't and like why there's this gap between recession and not recession. Also, why we're so close. Can you touch on that a little bit? Well, we're not in a recession because because the economy is growing. Um, it, there's still a lot of demand out there. The consumer is, is still healthy. They're, they're spending. 
and and so and obviously that that shows through uh, with prices and inflation not coming down as as quickly as the Fed hopes. Um, so so we're not in a recession, um, and so <clears throat> will we be potentially? Uh, the economy will have to contract, meaning meaning that it'll have to have negative growth, um, and the Fed is willing to have that if that means bringing down inflation. Because as I said before, inflation in their mind uh, is more um, negatively uh, impactful and can cause you know more systemic issues than dealing with a recession. And they can deal with a recession um, if, if the contraction is too severe and they're inflation is under control, then what can they do? They, in their power, they have the power of, of adjusting interest rates. So they'll, they'll bring rates down. So when they bring rates down, you know, cost of capital decreases and people will start spending more. Um, and in regards to how the economy is impacted, not domestically, but I guess internationally, the impact that other nations have on the U.S. economy, there's obviously a you know a a connection a global connection in the, in the the current the current uh, world we live in uh, more so than um, there there has been in decades previous. Um, that said, uh, the the U.S. economy, as we've seen uh, even during the pandemic and other. Um, other downturns can uh, weather storms differently than other economies. You know, the U.S. economy is, is very strong. The consumer is very resilient. Uh, we depend on other countries for, for goods, but that dependency has shifted over the years as, as political political relationships with with countries have changed um, as you probably recall you know with Trump and China you know we re- reduced uh, relations with China uh, dramatically uh, when, when Trump was in office um, in terms of increasing tariffs you know trying to really um, I guess get back our foothold um, it was the view that you know that, that China was was taking advantage of, you know, technology and, you know, flooding the market with really cheap goods like steel. Um, and, and we were, we were uh, hurt by that. Um, but as I mentioned, the U.S. economy is, is strong. Um, we have our uh, benefits from technology, uh, not so much manufacturing technology, um, that occurs elsewhere in the world um, with semiconductors in particular. You know, we're trying to change that. We don't want to have a complete reliance on other countries as geopolitical issues can can occur. Um, uh, specifically with Taiwan being a you know a center for semiconductor manufacturing um, and the China's uh, eye on Taiwan and control over Taiwan. Um, we we want to try to, and Congress is doing this. We want to try to create uh, uh, 
independence and, and have a strong independent manufacturing center here in the United States. So we're not as dependent on other countries. But recently, specific to your question on, on the economy uh, and how other countries are faring, um, you know, other countries in, in Europe are, are faring pretty well, faring pretty well. Um, so uh, they're still strong and, um, you know, one, one has to believe that, you know, this is all, you know, pandemic related and coming out of the pandemic and, and, and uh, you know, inflation is, is the focus, um, but uh, the economies are strong and resilient and there is a possibility that inflation can come down and there won't be recessions um, here in the States and uh, abroad. Um, so it remains to be seen. Yeah, and when going back to the strength of the U.S. economy, when, I guess historically speaking, obviously there's been many recessions that the U.S. has overcome. And when talking about that, I guess, international aspect um, with the organization of petroleum exporting countries, they basically, I guess, put an embargo against the United States um, with petroleum. And I guess they, they kind of cut the United States off. So I guess historically speaking, there has been conflict that's caused the U.S. to turn, I guess, domestically and kind of rely on their self for, um, mm-hmm. for their own production resources, and yeah. resources. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you, I mean, you, you saw that with, with, uh, obviously oil and the price of oil is very impactful on the, the economy and on businesses. Uh, it's a center of, of products and the source of, uh, materials and so uh, the US tapped into its um, petroleum reserve to try to decrease the market price of oil uh, recently. And so we have increased our production capabilities in, in the US and we have become less reliant on, on uh, imported oil. And just to clarify, um, I was talking about historically with OPEC and how um, how the United States was cut off from this petroleum um, across the seas and how and we were too reliant on imported oil and now like you were just talking about it's kind of like a pattern the same thing is going on and we've I guess gotten used to relying on ourselves and relying on that strong U.S. economy and building that strong U.S. economy over time yeah I mean, you, you can have that that um, that focus um, of, of self-reliance, I guess what some people might even call it isolationism um, to an extreme, but you, with the world and the desire to have growth, there will always be an interconnection, uh, particularly with oil as a resource, since there are vast, you know, um, uh, oil uh, reserves in in Saudi Arabia, and as you know, Russia has uh, oil as well. And so, you know, if for while the economy is in the, in, in the form it's in now and business is in the form and materials are what they are, it's gonna be a resource um, that is... Um, yeah, 
the U.S. economy will always be impacted by nations yeah. across the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. I think that, that about wraps it up. Um, well, thanks I, for having me, Cole. Yeah, thanks for coming on. All right. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode. Be sure to tune in for future episodes.